0: All right, special interview time here on Below the Belt Show. So happy to welcome to the show. He's a director extraordinaire, producer extraordinaire, co-writer extraordinaire of this great film. You got to see. It's called As We Know It. Um, I saw it today. It was fantastic. A buddy zombie comedy romance hybrid it takes place in the late 90s. It's, it was a lot of fun. And uh, welcome, Josh, to here on Below hey, the Belt hey. Show.
1: Hey. Thank you so much for for having me, and I appreciate those kind words. Um, really, actually, happy you liked it. You know, that's, that's
0: awesome. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm such a big fan of the uh, of the zombie genre. Being a an avid Walking Dead fan, and then of course I'm also yeah. a very big fan of anything that takes place in the '80s and '90s because those are the periods of my personal youth. Um, yep. So, uh, so yep. that that you know resonated with me as well. But I guess let's just start with uh, the film itself um, from the, I guess the beginning stages as, as a co-writer And how you collaborated with your team of writers yeah, And then eventually you end up directing the entire film So let's, I guess, start from the beginning Yeah, um, so I optioned the
1: script about six years ago And it was a UK writer You know, we had the concept down But there were no elements like you saw In the final version Like there were no zombies um, There was no love triangle It was uh, it took place in a flat in in England. Um so, and it was it was not period piece either, right? So like there were cell phones, mm. there was texting. So really it was just the characters that I fell in love with. Um and I knew there was something there. I just didn't quite know what it was. Um and I knew we had to do some like major tweaking um to make it a little more mainstream. So you know that's when I started thinking how, you know, and I obviously like you, I'm a huge Walking Dead fan. Um, and so I've always wanted to kind of play with that genre, but not like in the traditional sense, you know, Uh, right. So like I was then thinking and then COVID hit and I'm like, okay, like there could be something here now. Um, and originally I was just thinking about producing it only, but I, I literally just had like too many ideas to the point where I, I knew that it wouldn't fully be my vision if I had brought somebody else on to direct because it had been a while since I've directed something. Um, Ah,
0: okay.
1: Yeah. It had been a while. And and it was one of those things where I'm like, do I do it? You know, do I bring somebody else on? And like, I had a few conversations Mm -hmm. with a few directors, but at the end of the day, like I just knew what was in my mind, like that was the only real way to get it on to screen was to direct it. Um, so that, that was, and then, yeah. And then I brought on, um, a co-writer Brandon DiPaolo who, you know, kind of helped flush flush out the, the, the intricacies of the story. And um, yeah, so that's basically what brought us to the movie.
0: Fantastic. Of course, so you decided to go the 90s route. I was yep. curious on your decision to make it a period piece, a set place in the 90s.
1: Yeah, I mean, so like, I think for me, one of the coolest parts about making movies um, is being able to focus on two major things. One, the character dynamic. Um, Into the environment Um, For me like If if you can you know sell those two elements You have in my opinion A good film um, or at least an attempt At a good film right so like For me the the Technology was a deterioration Um, Yes Yeah it it just I just didn't want to have to worry About that especially when you're dealing With like you know a zombie apocalypse The texting would be Off the chain Right. Like, like their phones would be blowing up. Right. And I didn't want that. Right. Because had, had their phones been blowing up, like they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have the opportunity to work it out just amongst themselves. um, You know, Makes and, sense. and I, yeah. And I kind of like the idea of like, you know, instead of James calling the ex, like she roll drives by, you know, and honks like how we did at least when I was younger. Right. And so, that's obviously a thing of the past now you know you never nobody really does that anymore as a way of communication like honking in front of the house
0: right Um, so that's the way you get all those elements uh and it's just to make it a 90s period piece and it's great because you get the 90s soundtrack and the 90s wardrobe yeah was it difficult on an indie uh budget to, to to make a film set in the 90s
1: yeah i mean so i think the way that we figure out how to to do it really was to make it over three days not the entire movie but to have it set over a period of three days um two two, three days um because once we realized we were going to do that make it super contained and the, the chunk of the story is is told over one day right um so we knew we just needed one wardrobe i mean we had multiples right of, of each of those outfits mm-hmm. but it was just one look for each actor and that helped a lot um the other thing was this house that we shot in was incredible and it was more of like a mid-century 60s vibe um you know that's yes,
0: and- the kitchen i could tell yeah
1: yeah but like if you recall in the 90s the 60s made a comeback um, in terms of like you know Woodstock 99 and like the flower power thing and like that was all very relevant pop culture wise and so the way I was like looking at it was all right that kind of plays into it as well um And so really yeah like just getting that great location and um figuring out what their looks were you know over over that short period of time really helped. Um, how do we left the set? sure then it would have been a lot you know tougher to do but because we were so isolated right i think we were able to make it work otherwise but if we hadn't been isolated forget about it
0: yeah maybe the sequel it would be uh you could explore yeah. that yeah of course now you mentioned of course takes the story takes place in three days I'm curious how did the how long did the actual shoot uh take place for the entire film
1: so the entire shoot it took place over 13 days Wow. Very quick yeah. for feature. Very quick. Um, yeah. Th- the main reason behind that was because we were shooting in like a very upscale neighborhood in the in West Hollywood in the Hollywood Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had some pretty um, you know, high profile
0: neighbors, and they were not so happy. Now you gotta you gotta give us a clue who those profile
1: neighbors are. Yeah, we 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 had a few high profile neighbors, actually like Some were a lot cooler than others, Um, but you know, yeah. So basically one was super tight with like film LA and they were like, you got to do something about that house that shoot that's in, we were so low profile too. Right. Uh, You know, so they actually somehow figured out a way to communicate to film LA that they wanted us to be done. Right. And we didn't really have as much of a say in that matter. I mean, sure. We called them. We kind of had a meeting in the middle where technically they were going to actually take away our 13th day um, and only let us shoot 12 days. But we were able to talk to them and allow us that 13th day. Originally, the, sh- the the it was 15 days originally. So we lost two days. We crammed three days into that 13th day and that was hectic. But, you know, we were all on our toes. We had to get two different camera crews for those days for that one day um just to kind of ramp up our shots um but yeah no it was that was the big thing was because where we were shooting we chose that that cool location it came with some consequences but all in all you know i'm really happy with with the turnout
0: yes yes it turned out fantastic 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 film i really really enjoyed it um let's talk about the cast because you have a, a great cast you have a veteran and pam greer and a, um an actor and voiceover icon and chris parnell and then you have three young cast members up and coming um actors so tell us about assembling a team of the cast
1: yeah i mean honestly you know for me one of my favorite movies is star wars um
0: so, oh, yeah, like, we're going to get into Star Wars. Yeah. That's yeah. my fandom, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, like, and, like, I was re- I was remembering as a kid watching it, and then even watching, like, the documentaries and stuff, and they were talking about, like, you know, these three actors, and, and it was, like, you know, Harrison Ford, Mark, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher, and, like, at the time, they were, like, except for Harrison Ford, like, they hadn't really done a lot of things. And so, like, in my mind, I was, like, I want that similar dynamic, right? Um, and, you know, I guess Chris Parnell... I could be like Alec Guinness, I suppose, the comparable, um, you know? And so, yeah, uh, basically I wanted to make sure that they didn't kind of overshadow each other. Um, and I know that was one of the reasons why Lucas did what he did. And so I'm a huge Lucas fan. So I'm like, it worked for him. Or hopefully it would work for me. Um, so that was the idea. And then I, I think I kind of try to create a similar dynamic too where you have this kind of love triangle happening. And so there are a lot of like subtle, yes. there are a lot of subtle things rough. Ref- like what I, which I right, like
0: it. Yeah. There. So my, well, my castles, James was, uh, I guess the Han Solo and yeah, more with, or less. Yeah. And, and then Oliver Cooper's, uh, Bruce was the, uh, the loop. Yeah.
1: I mean, he's like kind of a mixture of like chewy and uh Han, I guess you could say. Okay. You know, okay. like a hybrid, like a hybrid, um, and and then obviously Emily would be the Leia,
0: because uh, obviously, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then that leaves Pam Greer's um, Beverly Jones, uh, which which a uh, Star Wars character uh, would be. You, you know, it's it's tough to say because
1: she's obviously not like a villain, right? So like that, I mean, really, I think it, maybe what we could say is Chris Parnell and Pam Greer are like a hybrid of
0: Allegheny's. Okay. I love I was, it. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. So let's let's talk about the Star Wars references because I love films with Star Wars references. Of course, remind me of like uh just watching a Kevin Smith movie cuz there's always a Star Wars reference in that. Yeah. You talked about Boba Boba Fett's death. I was just curious as a Star Wars fan before we saw Book of Boba Fett and all that. Yep. Did you think Boba died in the Sarlacc or did you think he was coming back some far?
1: Well, I mean, yeah,
0: had we not seen The
1: Mandalorian, I, I think maybe it's fair to say we all, as fans, had assumed that, except for, obviously, you know, there are the one-off theories. But, um, yeah, I mean, when the Sarlacc, the original Sarlacc burped um, before the Lucas edit in 99, right. <laughs> um, before it was like a mixture between Little Shop of Horrors and the Sarlacc, yeah. Burped, yeah. Um, that in my mind when the Sonic burped, that for sure, I was like, okay, he's gone. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was cool like how the man how how he was brought back in the Mandalorian. Um, I thought that was cool. That was interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, I had assumed he died.
0: So I love how you referenced that particular uh moment in Star Wars, of course, there's a lightsaber battle uh amongst the the three main cast members which is really really cool uh so the, yeah you kind of established the uh the luke uh skywalker a uh, tie-in right there which was great and the fact that the, yeah they watch they watch star wars uh, together and, and that's all they really watch but you included another movie might not be as popular or as well claimed but Waterworld. Yep. <laughs> in the film. So I was curious about your decision to include Waterworld in the film.
1: Yeah, I mean, so Waterworld was a fun one. Like honestly, that was one of those movies when it came out. I I, I was reading the press, right? And I was in high school. So I, I remember, you know, it wasn't a, a huge hit, um, in terms of critics, you know, and in, in their opinion. Um, but there was like a small group of of younger w- audience members who were like okay this is terrible like we get it like it's not incredible but it's not terrible right and so like i was one of those people were like i didn't hate it um but i didn't love it but at the same time i wasn't going to turn it off right,
0: so like right, if it was
1: right. on you know i was watching it um and there were like some really cool moments in that movie like so Dennis Hopper, you know, is like peak Hopper, like 90s villain. Um, and, the, you know, he basically was playing himself from speed, you know, with a shaved head and an eye patch, um, <laughs> you know, and, and that was his vibe then. And so I thought like to for us to be able to experience that, and sure, obviously, like we're spoiled growing up in that time with the types of movies that we got to watch in the yeah. theaters versus today, right? um <laughs> so, so thinking about that aspect of it like that was so cool that we got to experience you know hopper and costner in a film like that um but yeah no like i didn't i didn't hate it but it wasn't one of those that i was going to have like framed as a poster in my room Whereas like when i was a kid like i had blade runner and star yeah. wars posters framed um but i wasn't going to frame that
0: so if uh, so james is a little bit like you the character of james
1: Kind of. Yeah. I, I would say like a, <laughs> a, a lot of those like throwback elements for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That That's, that's pretty interesting. I was curious also about the zombies. Um, so the zombies in your film, I guess they're a little more of a, they're a little stronger and and faster than the walking dead zombies. I guess they're maybe comparable to Zack Snyder's um, Army that's of the right? dead zombies. What, what, what were the inspiration for the type of zombies that would be in the film?
1: Yeah. um, Well, you know, we have, there's so many, right. To, to choose from in terms of like inspiration, but you know, I really, I kind of like the more old school approach, Um, you know, like the eighties zombies, like the uh, night of the living dead. um, You know, that was kind of a big one for me um, mixed with, some of the more modern like recent zombies that we would see in *Zombieland*, yes. um you know like you have it's a mixture because in *Zombieland* it's interesting like they have it's a whole variety right you have and, and they and you go by that particular book whereas with this film you know because there was such a strong emphasis on the characters between you know james bruce and emily it was more yeah. like you know we don't want to go too crazy with the zombies because like that's going to take away from the core of the story. And so it was more like, let's just have them, you know, be casual zombies, I guess you could say like casual, casually paced zombies. They're obviously a threat because, you know, they're not leaving the home because of them obviously, but right. We didn't want them to be like overly threatening because then it kind of would have, gone against the whole you know plot of the movie essentially to how you know because
0: yeah a, and less of a that, comedy the satire right so like yeah. yeah yeah okay that's a really interesting one yeah wow that that's a really uh, good perspective on that because i was curious on on the the, the inspiration of the type of yeah. zombies because there's so many different kinds you know yeah. um well this is great so so tell us where audiences can see i know that you have a couple select theaters yeah. But the film can be seen. Um yes. But um. But the, is the the goal to be on a streaming platform after the theater run?
1: It is. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we were we were in a quality check uh, at the streaming uh, platforms that we submitted to um, for about a month, and that that's a whole process. But uh, we just actually got the green light uh, for December first. It will be streaming on Amazon Prime yes congrats all right thanks and and on voodoo all right uh, and cable tv and then in the following weeks apple tv google um and then we'll just keep rolling
0: them out that's awesome so all the audiences can see this yeah. great film it's a, it's a unique take on, on on the buddy comedy the the romance the rom-com and the zombie uh Don Russ, uh, you covered it all, uh, plus with Star Wars references. I mean, that's that's awesome. And, and you know, um, and you know, you might get some soy milk fans kind of upset, but <laughs> I know
1: that was that was tricky, you know. Well, because look, I mean, the reality is soy <laughs> milk is not like the
0: best milk alternative not just... anymore, not after oat milk came. I mean, almond milk, I would rank oat milk or coconut milk, they say is the healthiest, but nice. um, I guess soy milk was the one that was popular in the 90s. Is that why you chose soy milk? Well, yeah, because at the time it was like one of the only
1: ones. Yeah, you know, um, but they found that it's it's not the best. I mean, there are some. I don't know how what the side effects are, but it's yeah. not like I'm not going to turn into a zombie. But <laughs> um, it's comparable, maybe I don't know.
0: There you go. Wow, that's right. So yes, the soy milk does create the zombie apocalypse, and uh, you'll see it all go down in this film, <laughs> as we yeah. know it. Well, the question I have now. Josh, this is a sequel. I mean, is it possible that we can see an as we know it, sequel?
1: Yeah, I hope so. So on set, actually, when I was talking to Pam, she threw out the idea to have the sequel be with Snoop Dogg. Um wow. and and Pam to star alongside Snoop Dogg. Um, and basically <laughs> it would start in Long Beach and get like the Long Beach perspective. <laughs> Um, so like the, the James and the Bruce, the versions of them in long beach, and then maybe they meet up somewhere in the middle. Um, but Snoop would be a big part of the movie. Um, and they would be in his car, um, top down and, uh, maybe hunting zombies in the process. So that was kind of the idea that Pam had actually. So, yeah, I mean, we'd, we'd love to see that happen.
0: All right. Well, that means you got to check it—the original film as we know it—and then you may see the Snoop Dogg version. Uh, if uh if everyone tunes in and uh, the film becomes a huge hit, then yeah, the sequel will probably have Snoop Dogg. So why not? Sure. Awesome. Uh, fantastic. Um, Josh, if you could before we let you go, let's uh hear a promo. Let us know who you are, director of As We Know It. Throw out a plug for the film and whatever you want at the end.
1: Cool. Cool. Um. Hey guys, Josh Moncarsh here, director, uh, co-writer of As We Know It. Uh, I hope you guys come out to watch it, whether it's in theaters this week uh, or streaming on December 1st. Um, Yeah, we made this for you guys, so hope you enjoy.
0: Excellent. And I certainly enjoyed it as well. It's a great film. Uh, Made me laugh um yeah and it's uh very very entertaining so thank you josh uh, so much for joining us here on btb below the belt show